0: Thanks for lending me your ear. And it's been a while since we've just been able to talk about the news. Since for the past two weeks, we've been talking about sort of the news, but you know, kind of like a deep dive into another channel that I didn't really, you know, we don't want to be that kind of channel that just comments on other channels. So, although in that case, I think the commentary was relevant, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about but are curious, you can check out the past two podcasts before this one. Although, I do have to admit that we are coming up or we will come out soon with one last content, so it's going to be a video about the topic we talked about last week. But this week, I am excited to be talking about the news again where, (laughs) you know, the news is always exciting, but the, the topic for the past two weeks was exciting but also kind of like, you know, set my temper a bit on edge. Parang hindi tama yung how that build list was approached and things like that. So that kind of like set me like, hmm, that's not right. But anyway, on to the news. Jumping right in with AMD's latest because AMD is jumping back into the fray of who has the best CPU for gaming with its much-awaited 7950X 3D. The 3D line or variant started with the 5800X 3D and that just means or that's the code name for they took a big chunk of cache and stuck it directly to the CPU. So it really improved performance in applications such as games which rely more on single-core processing. Technobabble aside, the 5800X 3D was a godsend for gamers. Such good performance at a relatively good price. Now, AMD has been on the back foot recently against Intel. Intel's 13th gen overall seems to provide better value compared to the AMD 7000 series, which is a bit expensive. Its performance is roughly about the same as Intel's, but Intel has more options in terms of price, in terms of Backwards compatibility because Intel 13th Gen can still use DDR4 RAM, so AMD has not been faring well of late, especially in the value for money department. Now the 7950X3D won't help it in the value for money department, but can it snatch back the crown from Intel, basically from the 12900, sorry the 13900K, 13th Gen palatayo? Reviews have been good for the 7950X3D with Gamers Nexus in particular pointing out that this is the processor that you want if you're into gaming and you can afford the high price point. Although even the charts from GN do have games where the 3900K edges out or has actually significant performance improvement over the 7950X3D so it's not a clear win across the board. Although most games, modern games, and games that can take advantage of the cash will have markedly better performance on the 7950X3D. But, yun nga, do you want to be paying? I think it's around $700. And actually, we have the local price. Sobrang hirap makhanap nito. We have one particular customer who told us that I want the 7950X3D. Get it for me when it comes out. So I've been telling our regular CPU suppliers that, you know, get me at least one. Pero even with the big suppliers, sobrang, hi- sobrang hirap makakuha ng 7950X3D. Just, just to give an example, we have one big supplier. They, they've, you know, they've supplied a lot of brands. They're very well-known in the industry. In that big company, yung allotment lang nila isa. <laughs> so that, that big distributor only got one 7950X3D for you know for the needs of the entire company or for the the selling needs of that big company and the price jump to get it here is quite expensive in the states it's retailing for $700 which is slightly over 35,000 pesos if you convert dollars to pesos here though it would be closer to 48,000 pesos so your retail price you'll be paying a big premium to get it here locally. Although, CPUs are one of those components that I really don't recommend buying from abroad. I mean, of course, I'm biased because I own a PC retail store and I would like you to get all of your PC parts from us. But I do acknowledge that, you know, the prices of Amazon that does ship here now it can be very attractive. But the CPU is one of those components that doesn't deal well with a lot of transit. I mean... Normal transit, fine, but it's the pins, man. The pins. Everybody, when you think of a CPU and when you're installing a CPU, you're always so paranoid about bending a pin. And in normal transit, it's probably, you know, fine. It won't get any damage. But imagine shipping something like that all the way from the States. I mean, and not in standard, in in rather in standard courier fashion, rather than distributor shipping where they know that, yes, this is a sensitive PC part, computer component, and we're going to treat it accordingly. But I don't know, kind of dicey. I've always felt it was a little dicey if you ship over a CPU. And so it is a gamble if you want to save money. Again, the advantage of paying a premium here is that you have your, the warranty services are available here. If you do get a Lemon CPU or you open it up and it is damaged or it was damaged in transit. But if you do want to get one, we're angling to get one for this particular customer. If you want one, we might be able to scare up another one. But supply is very tight here atin, for the 7950X 3D. Gaming performance is pretty good. If you want the latest and the greatest for gaming, hard to top it. For productivity applications, the testing results that I've seen, at least the summaries that I've seen online, you know, they're borderline. I mean, you could probably go with the 7,950 or the 3,900K. So, the you really do need to check the programs that you're going to be running if they can avail of or if they benefit from this cash boost, basically, or the cash avalanche, <laughs> I mean, basically, they just plop down a big cash, big old cash on the processor of the 7950X. We are expecting, or AMD has announced, that there will be a 7900X3D and a 7800X3D. So those might be better value for money. Although the 7800X3D is still coming out around May, I think. So they're going to stagger the release of these CPUs. So... Is AMD back on top? I think the majority of benchmarks say that it is. Although, of course, you'll have the Team Blue guy saying that, well, you know, but, but, but. But in terms of raw horsepower, the 7950X3D, at least for gaming, seems to be where it's at in, or for March 2023. For, you know, currently, that's he's the king of the hill. Personally, though, my rig is still AM4. I have no plans of shifting to AM5 anytime soon. My next upgrade is actually, my next planned upgrade is actually the 5800X3D. Because it's so talaga ng performance gains uh, for that CPU. And still very viable. I, I know a lot of us are still rocking AM4 platforms. The 5800X3D, especially hopefully it will keep going down in price. That's my current target. And uh, the, you know, the 3D or the big cache technology of AMD is interesting, but you don't need to jump all the way up to the latest 7,000 series to experience it. And speaking of comebacks, local tech YouTuber Bermore has started producing videos again. There was a lot of time, I think three months or so, that he wasn't producing any new content. And Bermore is one of the local channels that we do follow. I think he he's very meticulous about... Testing hardware also provides good point of view on local tech issues. He did... So actually, the trajectory of Burmore was kind of like... I don't know which came first, the shop or the channel. But he he does have a shop which caters more to customers outside of Metro Manila. Although I think he has divested himself of the shop, even though it still carries his name. And he is full-time on the YouTube thing or the content creation but he was gone for three months and I was actually idly wondering ananango. He had a video which came out a week ago where he explains that uh, he's been busy on another project that is computer related, but he didn't quite share the details yet in that video. Although it seems to be related to power. Power Cooler? Is that the brand? Power 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 Cooler yung brand. But I'm, I'm not too sure. I only skimmed the video. But good to see him back, and uh, I, Yunya, drawing from last weeks or the, the, the debacle of the last two weeks regarding Yuga Tech and Yuga Tech's uh, phone review, and then the very shoddily constructed PC parts list for forty five thousand. Uh, and Yunya, I was going through a lot of the comments online, and a lot of the comments were saying that kaya nito walang tiwala sa mga local tech YouTubers. Give me Linus, give me Steve, and all of that. Um, That's why I I think it is very important that we have a very very lively local tech YouTube scene. And I've mentioned in my videos and in the podcast that I think we, the local creators, do have something of value to give, whether it's because we're closer in location to some brands, so we do get their parts uh, faster than those in the States. For example, like brands like Deepcool, who... We, we do have easy access to them. So we do get products sometimes that uh, the foreign YouTubers might miss or because there is a local tech scene and the concerns of the local tech scene might not be the concerns of those guys, of our fellow PCMR brothers in the States or in Canada or in Europe or things like that. I mean, there's always something about the local tech scene. For, exa- for example, I'm sure the our price points are very different. So the local enthusiasts, you know, because of where we are, must gipit it budget and we're more interested in being able to stretch out that budget, just to give a very broad example. So, who better to address the needs of the local tech enthusiasts than actually guys, than guys who are here, for example. So, super important that we have a lively tech scene, whether it's on people on YouTube or on TikTok, um, and also, that's where hardware sugar comes in because we're trying to make we really consciously position our content to be as easy, friendly as possible, para makahatak tayo nung mas maraming tao into this hobby that we all enjoy, that we love, that we appreciate. And yeah, so it's just good that uh, Burmore is back, an important voice in the local tech YouTube scene. And I I do hope actually that we have a lot more competitors um, in the sense that there are people making local quality tech content. Kasi kaya natin eh. I've been actually following some local channels. I mean, I, I do follow local tech YouTube channels, but I also try to follow yung mga tech channels sa uh, ASEAN. So like Indonesian, Malaysian, Singapore. Like Malaysian, Singapore, it's very interesting kasi... They they do have local ch- tech YouTube channels, but the subscriber base is very small. Also because the population of those countries isn't that big. So the channels are having a hard time growing because they need to position themselves in relation to the local nila sa Singapore and Malaysia. But it's difficult for them to get subscribers since their population is so small. Indonesia has a very large population. But it's very difficult for me to follow their tech content because most of it is in Bahasa, in the native language of Indonesia. Even there, the subscriber base, the number of people at least subscribing on the U- Indonesian channels I've found is you know, relatively small compared to their population. And even compared to um, some of our tech YouTubers. Like, you know, dito for Hardware Sugar, we're about to hit 100. Burmore has over 200 x C, who is very popular for builds, has over 300,000 subscribers. And 300,000 subscribers is quite large for any YouTube channel uh, based anywhere. So kind of like where I'm driving at with this is that Filipinos in particular like watching YouTube. They do like subscribing. And we do get very passionate about the creators that we follow. I mean, Hardware Sugar Palang, I've seen that. I'm super thankful to... Everybody who is so supportive, and a lot of you guys who regularly watch the podcast, I know, uh, found us through YouTube. So, I mean, and your your desire for more content from us uh, extends beyond YouTube. And again, super grateful for that. I mean, to be honest, guys, I don't know what you see in us, but thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like my honest, like, um, it's like, I mean, I look at the statistics for the podcast, it's like. If a podcast is 15 minutes, the majority of people will listen to it for 15 minutes. And really, hats off to you guys. Um, and thanks you. thank you so much for the support. But that's really what I'm driving at, that our even just our local population can support more tech YouTubers, but the quality, I'm sure, they'll get subscriptions. I mean, they'll get subs, which is, you know, you live or die on your subscription count, especially on YouTube. On one hand, it's a vanity metric, but on the other hand, it's super important because that's what brands look at when they think that, oh, you know, I only have X number of units I could, that I can send out to Filipino tech YouTube channels. Who should I send them out to? It's an easy to latch on statistic and say that, well, I'm just going to send it to larger channels with more subscribers. Although, it's good that the brands actually, here at least, I, I noticed one or two brands Yes, they do look at the subscriber counts, but they're also very active in supporting smaller channels so that they can grow bigger. And that's also in the interest of the brands because you know, the more big channels that they can send stuff to, then the more exposure for their products. So it's really win-win for everyone. And yeah, welcome back to Burmore. And I actually hope that you know, we have more competition in this space, that we have more different voices because actually it's not a competition. It's more like different points of view, and that can really help local enthusiasts find the parts that they're looking for. If Hardware Sugar doesn't cover this part, but somebody else did, and I actually like that part more, the good, diba right? Buti nga may cover dun sa part na yon. And even if Hardware Sugar covers that part, we might have missed something, or... Yun nga, I've also been clear in the past that my kind of style of reviewing... Uh, leaves a lot of stuff out because I'm less specs-focused and more like user experience. Does it do its job? Can I feel the performance gain kind of reviewer? Um, And that might not fit what everyone is looking for. So, best if we have like a whole ton of local tech YouTubers working on producing content. Because there is a lot of content to be done, there are a lot of tech products, and focusing again on AMD, there's an interesting news article from Tom's Hardware where it points out that Sony is actually the largest customer of AMD, representing 16% of AMD's total profit. And that's because AMD supplies the, the CPU for Sony's PS5, and sales of the PS5 have been good. And so, Sony has had to buy more and more chips from AMD to the tune of around $3.7 billion worth last 2022. So, it's interesting. I mean, we talk about brands like AMD and Intel, but it's, we, we forget, we, like PC guys, forget that we're not actually the most important market. Or not even, if you break it down actually by segment, like gamers, we're not really the bread and butter of AMD. <laughs> Um, And definitely 16% is a substantial, you know, it's a minority, but it's a substantial large chunk of AMD's business and that just goes to consoles for Sony. Interesting to keep in mind when we complain about AMD, why is your performance not good? Why is your price not good? And it's, you know, just in the back of our mind, we should always remember that we're not the most important market AMD, so if sometimes they don't listen to us, quote unquote, it's because they're listening to their more important customers, perhaps. Although they don't have any reason to complain with the prices of GPUs, because data analysis has revealed that the average price of a GPU from compared to 2020 to 2023 has actually doubled. So if I was gonna pay $200 in 2020 for a GPU. Roughly I would be paying $400 now in 2023. And yes, things are more expensive, the inflation rate has gone up, but the inflation rate doesn't really account for like that 2x price jump. The average selling price has doubled. Uh, gives more credence to a lot of the angry gamers out there na sabi na sobrang overpriced ng mga GPU and things like that. We have seen this. Yes, the 3,000 series has gone down. Nvidia 6,000 series has gone down for AMD. But their latest cards, both from NVIDIA and AMD, are quite expensive. Because, well, a lot of people feel that the companies basically feel that they can get away with it. Because during the pandemic, prices were high. Consumers have gotten used to that level of pricing. So they are willing to fork over that money for a new 4090, for example. And yes, as a consumer, it is quite frustrating when companies do that, when they're basically gouging you for as much as they think they can get from you. But the beauty of the free market is if, that, so if somebody can provide the same quality or lesser quality but at a substantially reduced price, then people are going to flock to that. And that's where Intel hopes to position itself now. With its ARC GPUs, whose drivers are not that great, but when they are kicking, you know, when they are working properly, they promise 3060 performance at a reduced price point. And that's something really to consider. And we are hoping that Intel gets its driver act together so that we can start carrying ARC GPUs in the shop where we can actually recommend ARC GPUs to the shop, or rather, we can sell ARC GPUs in the shop because we can wholeheartedly recommend them. From a retailer perspective and a small retailer perspective like Hardware Sugar, sobrang hirap to carry GPUs kung hindi okay in drivers. Because the average consumer is just going to install a game, the game won't work, the game will crash, he's going to get frustrated, he's going to come back to us and really complain na sira tong bagong PC na binenta mo sa akin, ba't ni gumagana, gusto ko lang maglaro. Lakay nung gastos ko dito, and you know, in it really escalates quickly. Tapos on our end, if the hardware is good but the software is bad, there's really nothing we can do about that. Um, like literally, walana kami magawa dun. and it's a bad position for the customer. I agree, but again, you're they're barking up the wrong tree. It's not a, it's not our fault, and b, there's nothing we can do about it if the drivers, you know, just don't play well with that particular game. Kia major E was, Skytech AMD major E talaga kami. Uh, just recently we sold the 6700, I think it was it was custom order or a 6600 and it just wasn't working well. Finally, he updated the BIOS and scaled down the driver. I think he had to take it down one or two versions and then that's when the system became stable. But the customer was becoming already a little agitated. And again, all of those things were software fixes. BIOS, software, nothing to do with hardware. So it's very difficult. There was basically nothing we could do. Um, And so even on the AMD end, that's why we don't carry a lot of their GPUs. NVIDIA talaga, hard to beat for stability of drivers. And... It's very difficult to explain. Siempre frustrated na yung frustrated na yung customer bago yung PC niya. Paminsan medyo mahal or kahit ni mahal, pinaghirapan niya yun. I mean, you know, yeah, you you saved up, you decided not to splurge on something so that you could save for your PC, and then now that you have it, super excited ka, das biglang crash ng crash, blue screen ng blue screen. That's not you know, it's not a good position to be in. Um, And I can understand why some customers get frustrated with the shop. But again, from the shop point of view, there's nothing we can do. It's just really sucky drivers. Which is why a lot of the GPUs that we carry are, a, are NVIDIA. And since we're on the topic of gaming, we will be ending with some game news. Um, Atomic Heart is a new game which recently came out. I have not played it. I believe the reviews have been mixed. Although I came across this interesting news article where Ukraine is actually requesting people not to buy, or rather the publishers like Steam not to distribute Atomic Heart because one of the investors in the developer is the investment firm of a super-rich guy in Russia who used to work for the state company Gazprom. So it's I just included this as a tidbit na. It's really interesting how gaming has become a big business and also how internationalized it's become. So here's a game developed by a Russian developer, published by Steam which I can buy, but then my money some of that would go back to the developer which eventually would go back to one of their investors who apparently is one of the, you know, one of the guys who's closely related to the Kremlin and Putin and so much so that one of the earlier disclaimers or one of the legal agreements that you signed up when you play the game or the privacy policy r- disclosed that data collected, or rather, the data they were collecting data and that it was being turned over to the Russian authorities. Although Moonfish says that it was an outdated privacy policy and they have updated it to reflect that they do or they no longer give data to the Russian government. So I have not played the game myself. Actually, I don't have any plans to because I have too many games already sitting on my to playlist. But just an interesting perspective that games are a big business and that like I like I wouldn't have thought at all that the Ukraine war would somehow be connected to gaming. Although there are a lot of development software developers in Ukraine who have been affected by the war. And I believe even some game developers were affected. Uh, on the local front, Tonic is actually by a Ukrainian. So Tonic Digital Bank, um, the founder is Ukrainian, and I do recall because we we Hardware Sugar did have a partnership, or we we availed of the service of Tonic for installment payments. We you know we offered that to our. Customers, although that is on temporary hold as Tonic is making changes to the program. But anyway, uh, when when the Ukrainian when Russia first invaded Ukraine, I remember conversing with our Tonic um, contact, and he mentioned that yes, things were a bit tight at work because everybody was scrambling, especially because uh, a lot of the higher ups were uh, had connections to Ukraine. So. It is really a small world. I mean, isn't it? I mean, it's like such a cliche to say, but our hobby doesn't work in or our hobby doesn't operate in a vacuum. And there are international issues, whether it's a chip shortage affecting the GPU prices here, or it's uh, you want to play a game, but it's developed by a developer that has ties to a government that you might not support. I mean, and parang damning considerations. Hogwarts Legacy just came out and a lot of people were upset over that because the author of Harry Potter um has said some statements with some which some people have taken to be anti-transgender and things like that so although personally i wouldn't like that doesn't bother me to the extent that i would not play the game if i wanted to Although I don't intend to play Hogwarts Legacy because, th- again, there are just too many other games already on my list. Uh, but, like, if it came out free on Epic Games, sure, I would get it. Why not? Libre, naman. Like, I wouldn't. I don't feel a moral outrage to boycott the game, for example. But, yeah, it's just. You know, before, it seemed like such a simpler time. You could get away with not having to. Not having these kind of issues intrude on your enjoyment of a game but then now you have activation and all of it's like sexual harassment stuff not a good working environment um and then yeah things like maybe the developer wasn't or has ties to a company or an investment firm which has ties to a government i mean just so many things man um everything's interconnected and it's just sometimes i do wish for the time where game reviews gamers where it was just so simple like you were just so excited to get the latest civilization i don't know for example or when doom came out when quake came out i remember when quake came out it was such a such a quantum leap over doom um in terms of graphics also but also in terms of like like this is an fps and i actually have a friend who was playing Doom before that, who was playing FPS, but he was using a keyboard. Can you imagine playing an FPS with a keyboard? And Quake was the first game that convinced him Now, okay, this isn't going to work with a keyboard. (laughs) I need to use the mouse. And uh, it's, you know... I mean, just that generational leap Now, okay, this is an FPS. But... um, Here we are now and I do hope that you can still enjoy your games regardless of the hardware you're playing on, regardless of the games that you want to play without minding all of the other stuff that might get attached to gaming recently. And for me, it's just really all about the game. I try not to pay attention too much to all of the other extracurricular stuff. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. But um, the controversies, I mean... The issues I, sometimes I feel a lot of the content online is just controversy for the sake of controversy. And you know, at Hard Sugar, we've never played that game. We try not to be as negative, or we try not to be as neg- we, sorry, we try not to be negative at all um, and try to find the good in the product or in the game or whatever it is that we're looking at. On that note, thanks so much for downloading, listening to this podcast. Catch you again next Friday. Have a good day. Have a good Friday. If you're listening to us on release date, if you're not, um, have a good day, whatever day it is today.